Welcome to the Only Dream Big podcast, starring your host, Donnie Bedning. Only Dream Big is a podcast where Donnie will share tips and experiences on different topics, such as acquisition entrepreneurship, human capital, and the future of the workforce. He is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years, with the goal of driving change through people. As your guide on dreaming big, let's hear from the man. Love it, I love it. Hey, welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Only Dream Big podcast. I am your host, Donnie Bedney, uh, and as always, just excited uh, to be back with you all. Um, we have a special, special guest today, uh, Mayor Frank Whitfield, uh, with us all the way from Elyria, Ohio. Frank, welcome. Thank you, Donnie. It's, it's good to be with you. Good to see you again and looking forward to the chat and uh, salute to you, everything you do with the podcast and with our culture and our community. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So. You know, at at the Only Dream Big podcast, you know, uh, one of the arguably only questions that is the exact same question that we ask to all of our guests is, you know, growing up, right, was being the mayor, because I, I believe, and, and if if I'm misspeaking, you know, correct me, but I believe you're actually from Elyria, Ohio. And so, you know, is this something, you know, that you dreamed about being the mayor you know, it, growing up in Illyria or, you know, is this something like when, when did that officially kind of uh, evolve or, or crystallize for you, if you will? Yeah. So, again, I'm excited to talk with you uh, uh, about dreaming and visions, you know, <laughs> that we all have as kids and how those things kind of change and morph and adapt to the realities that we live in. You know, so as a kid, I didn't I had no intent on being a, a, a mayor. I, my my dream was multifaceted. One was, of course, to go to the NBA. You know, I thought I could, you know, I had hoop dreams. Love uh, it. Uh, and then I also always wanted to be an inventor. I always wanted hmm. to invent things. And I, I think it was because one of my uncles, uh, God rest his soul, was an engineer. And hmm. I always thought that he was an inventor. And come to find out later on in life, I found out he was an inventor. Um, wow. And so I always wanted to be an inventor. And so my mind has always been in this mode of trying to invent things. And okay. um, and about uh, 12 years ago now, uh, as I was doing different work out in the community, um, I was at a church service and the, and the pastor at the church service walked over and he said, in 10 years, you'll be mayor of the city of Elyria. And I'm like, wow. OK, um, you know. It didn't make any sense at the time. I was working part time. I was doing community work, but um, it wasn't on my radar. But it was a, definitely a seed planted in my mind. It stuck with me. And uh, as I began to progress in my career, um, yeah. it just started to make more sense. and started to align and I started to see the skill sets that I had and the experiences I had mm-hmm. uh, would serve my city well. And, um, you know, in 2019, um, I, we, my wife and I, we prayed on it. We had a couple other, you know, divine interventions happen and made it clear that this is what we were supposed to do. And yep. I literally quit my job in, uh, in April and, uh, it was all or nothing, you know, when it came to running and 
Yeah. You know, we ran, we ran a campaign based on a positive outlook of the future and what we believe was possible. And yep. uh, fortunately, that resonated with the voters here. And uh, in November of that year, I was elected the first African-American mayor elected in our county's 200 plus year history uh, and also the first independent mayor in our in our city's history. So mm. it definitely uh, was groundbreaking and uh, it's been quite a ride since. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, phenomenal, man. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And, and, you know, for our listeners, you know, it, it, I had the pleasure of meeting you actually while you were doing some of that community work, right? Uh, you know, with the Urban League, um, you know, years ago and, and talking about strengths and, um, you know, all of these things. And so I know, uh, you know, throughout your life, you've kind of, you know, grown and, and, you know, really been a person who's kind of focused on personal development. Um, you know, as a way to, you know, grow yourself. Right. Um, and so, you know, it, do you mind uh, attempting to unpack? Right. Because being the first at anything, um, you know, I think aligns just so well with this whole concept of only dreaming big, um, because there always has to be a first. And so I, I'm curious, you know, and, and can only imagine from the time that we've, we've known each other that, you know, part of what you're doing is kind of uh, blazing a trail, if you will, for others who come after you. Uh, but, you know, it, for, for others who, you know, are thinking through uh, maybe have a, a, a grand vision, but hasn't necessarily been done before. You know, can, can you unpack some of the process, um, you know, that that you went through? As this dream was kind of like evolving and, and maturing in your mind, because uh, we just love sharing like practical and, and kind of pragmatic tips uh, for other dreamers, right? Who who yeah. may not, you know, see someone who looks like them or see someone who uh, has done even what they, you know, kind of envision doing. What are some things that, you know, or next steps or exercises that they could take to kind of move in that direction? Yeah, I think that there's a there's a lot to unpack there. I think there's a there's a couple semesters of work there uh, <laughs> to, to get there because in, in the in, it's a lifetime work. I mean, I think when you're talking about personal development, especially in the climate like we're in right now, where people are kind of reassessing their future, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they call it the Great Resignation, but I think people are really just kind of reassessing their life. Like, is this really what I want to be doing my entire life? Should mm-hmm. I have been doing this in the first place? And I think, you know, a part of uh, the work that we've done together around strengths finding is really around this idea of self-awareness, you know, and um, and and how aware can you be uh, or can you get about yourself around your strengths, around your mm-hmm. propensities, around uh, your dispositions, you know. Mm. And I think that comes from um, reading, I think, for mm-hmm. one. I think that, you know, with technology now, it's so advanced that you can get you know, um, just answering a, a set of questions over a 30 minute period, they can spot on, be able to say, hey, here's your kind of disposition as a person. Here are mm-hmm. some of the things that your strengths are. And mm-hmm. then I think a part of the beauty is the journey of feeling, figuring out, all right, how do I put these strengths to use? How do yeah. I put this disposition to use? How can I add value to other people's lives based on my God given talent? You know, mm-hmm. how can I put this to use? And I think that's been a journey I've been on um, since 2006. You know, my first year of college, I failed out of college. I had a 0.7 grade point average. Um, mm. 
had a number of, of personal issues I was dealing with and mm-hmm. uh, drugs. You know, I was just really in a, a bad place. And mind you, I was a 4.0 student in high school. I was the freshman class president. I was wow. I was like, you know, if you would have looked at me in ninth grade, you would have said, oh, I knew he was going to be here. If you looked at me in 12th grade, you would have said, there's no freaking way he's going to be here. Um, you know, just a, just a set of, of, of bad decisions, uh, uh, and a lot of bad options, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I think that's one of the things that, you know, in a lot of our low income communities, which I was brought up in one, um, you don't see a lot of examples. You don't, you Mm. don't feel like you have a lot of choices and options. So you start to create this identity around things that are toxic you know, and things that aren't realistic and really aren't things that align with who you are. It's just the few things that you see you could be an athlete, a preacher, um, yeah. you know, a barber. And then once you realize, hey, I can't, I'm not good. I'm, I'm not going to make it in any of those things. Then you just really get out here and start exploring. So, you know, a part of my journey after giving my life to the Lord and really getting serious about I'm going to figure out what my purpose in life is, mm-hmm. uh, has led me to just some amazing experiences. You know, I got the chance to go down to New Orleans as a service trip and help out with rebuilding after Hurricane Katrina. And wow. it was it was a team project. And we, we got a bunch of different college students, and high school students to go. Mm-hmm. But I was able to see within that group where my strengths lie. I was able mm. to see like people were deferring to me to speak, you know, when we mm. would get, they would, you know, or they defer to me on the technological side of things. So I started to see, OK, this is something that I might be good at. And then as, okay. as as I had good mentors around me that would affirm those things and say, hey, you know, you're a really good speaker. Or you're really good at solving problems. You're really good in getting the group motivated. You know, yeah. those seeds were just being planted. And then, you know, of course, as you get to these kind of technological things like uh, the strengths finder, uh, yeah. they kind of they kind of give you that language to describe what these strengths are. So, you know, mm. as I was. I did those. I'm like, okay, what this is is the strength of an activator. Got it. Mm. You know, what this is is the strength of being a, a ideation, and that's why I'm mm. always coming up with these ideas. What this is the strength of being strategic. That's why I'm always thinking mm. about ways to get things done differently. So it gave yep. me that kind of language to kind of say, okay, this is what I'm good at. And I feel like for for listeners out there, that whole idea of kind of self awareness of going on a journey to figure out what your dispositions are, what your strengths are. Uh, mm-hmm. really looking inside, um, you'd be surprised what you find and then be willing to make the risk to leverage those strengths and mm-hmm. leverage those dispositions. You know, we were having a leadership session with our department. So here at the city, we got about 460 plus employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a number of supervisors. So we, we're trying to make sure we pour into our leaders uh, some of the things that I've learned and some of the folks, the folks around me know to make sure they're getting built up. Mm-hmm. And in our, our session yesterday, we did the DISC assessment, which kind of talks mm-hmm. about the dominant style, the influential style, the supportive yep. style, the compliance style. Yep. And um, it was interesting because we reached a moment in the session where it got really uncomfortable because some people's disposition didn't necessarily match the work they were doing. Mm. And, you know, it begged the question of, uh, you know, who's going to who's going to go first? You know, who's is it is it is it is it you getting pushed out of the role because it doesn't fit? Uh, do you try to change who you are, which isn't sustainable? It can get you by for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or do you come to the realization that says this really isn't a fit for my style and how I like to work? So instead of mm-hmm. all of us being miserable, 
how about we think about a different way of getting, uh, you know, what we're trying to accomplish done, or maybe me think about a different role. And I think mm. that's the courage piece that often has been lacking, but I think the pandemic has really pushed us to, to mm-hmm. really be like, hey, is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? And I think after that self-awareness, having the courage to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to, you know, and it's tough when you're, when you, when you come from, we talked about this, when you come from lack of means yeah. to, yeah. To get out of that survival mode of thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, and you had some really interesting thoughts about that. I love to hear them. But you know, when you get out of this survival mode and you get into this mode of okay, if I if I wasn't in survival mode, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's not what you're doing right now, you know. And so yeah. to yeah. be able to say, all right, I'm going to take a risk. And I was with someone the other day, sidebar, former mayor, just retired. I asked him what he was going to be doing now he's in retirement. was into his politics. He said, no, I'm getting into aerospace. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? He's like, I've always dreamed of being aerospace. And it was almost like I was so proud of his answer. I'm like, you know, he didn't feel like he had to stay in a box after doing Mm -hmm. something for 30 plus years. Um, So so salute to Mayor Berger for for sharing that. And um, I think that's a good starting point for folks. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, to your point, it, it, in some of our pre-discussion, right, um, what, I, what I've experienced with people who have, you know, uh, achieved some of their dreams, right, that they've set out to achieve, um, they typically do not, you know, achieve that dream and then just stop dreaming. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that that it, let's uh, let's go ahead and be the myth busters uh, mm-hmm. for everyone who hears this, that. You know, whatever your dream is, you may accomplish it, right? Um, that does not mean that that is the end, right? Mm. And and frankly, for people that I know um, who have multiple dreams, uh, the advice that I will give anyone uh, who, uh, under the sound of our voice today, or 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 that I meet in the future who has multiple dreams, my advice is always the same, which is, you may be able to, like, it is very possible for you to achieve all of the things that you dream. It just may not all happen at the same time. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so when, when you talk about aerospace or anything else, um, you know, to have an individual who's achieved, you know, a level of success or a a, a dream that they've, you know, set out and, and maybe have lived that right uh, to the end of his course. um, You know, it's just example after example, after example, um, you know, of, I think to your point, um, as you spend time in that thing, right? I think that you, you begin to, uh, and, and shout out to James Clear, um, it, cause I'm, I'm, uh, I'm listening, um, to Atomic Habits right now, right? And, and just this morning on the plane, uh, to Pittsburgh, one of the things he talks about is, um, your identity is really what like the 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 depth of like what you achieve right so it's not about your dreams it's about how you like who you identify with or who you see yourself as that actually fuels you to become whatever that is and yep. so you using using uh you know your friend it's interesting because I think it, the more that you identify as, you know, hey, I am a person who, um, you know, uh, is an achiever, right? 
Um, I say I'm going to do something and I go figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- those are people who then, you know, will as, as their dreams evolve, they will step in and be like, hey, I am uh, a person who works in the aerospace industry. Mm-hmm. Right. And because yeah, they yeah. see them as because they see themselves as a person who works in the aerospace industry, you know, a, a great example, you know, a bunch of people are posting, um, you know, they, they, I guess today and otherwise, um, you know, about uh, uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, uh, and his daughter, Gigi, God rest his soul. Right. And there's been a lot of Mamba mentality, you know, conversations and stuff. And just in reading a lot. You know, about Kobe it, going down is arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. I, I remember That's hearing a number. Yeah. I mean, yeah. anything's, ar- anything's arguable, right? We're yeah. not a sports, yeah. we're not a sports pod, but yeah. <laughs> arguably the greatest player of all time. Um, you know, it, the interesting thing to me was to see him shift where, you know, he, he creates a movie, yeah. right? And and gets that award, right? He he won NBA championships, right? He became an investor, right? There there there, you know, some some information about, um, you know, that water company, uh, Body Armor, you know, yep. which which just sold, and you know, was was at a value, you know, his ownership stake was larger than all of his NBA earnings combined, uh, in a lump sum, right? But he he saw himself as the greatest basketball player of all time. He identified. Yeah, but he as that, to it. Yeah. and then he, and yeah, because he just he shifted his identity. It was like, okay, I I am now an investor. Yeah, and yeah. so and so I think that there I think that there's significant power there, man. And 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 even in your story, uh, if I was you know starting to, you know, leave some breadcrumbs for our listeners, you know, just continuing to listen to those points in your life where you begin forming an identity about who you are and who you could become yeah. in the future. Yeah, I think because those things may be different. Yeah, and one of the challenges um that a lot of folks experience is that those voices haven't been productive voices. They haven't been mm-hmm. helpful voices. Mm-hmm. So those folks who have shaped their identity have been the folks who have said, you know, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. You, you know, nobody has done this before, so don't try and that's not the mm-hmm. way so their their identity has been uh, built by people who um, had their own fears and insecurities that they projected mm-hmm. onto them. So, you know, I think one of the key key pieces um, is making sure you're surrounding yourself around people that see your value, that yeah. that mm-hmm. affirm your value and how mm-hmm. important it is. You know, you would hope that it'd be your parents would be your first person. But for some folks, mm-hmm. it's not their parents. So they got to find mentors and other folks mm-hmm. Um they can speak into them and how privileged yeah. and blessed uh, are we to have yeah. people that have been in our life that have spoken that. And I think it's a part of our job to now speak that in other people when we see things yeah. in people to, to make sure we are those people who are affirming and um, and calling out people's strengths and letting them know, mm-hmm. hey, you're really good at this. Um, I yeah. don't know what you're going to do with it, but I know you're really good at this and yeah. being that source. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and you know, it, it, as we're both looking in the camera today, right, just for it, for anyone who hears this or if you, you know, see this on YouTube or anything along those lines, you know, please feel free to share. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, the pod exists, right, is, is ideally to give people encouragement, 
um, you know, to pour into people, um, you know, just as a way to plant a seed, um, you know, or give encouragement, um, you know, to folks. Because at the end of the day, um, whether you have folks in your immediate circle or not, if you see or desire more for yourself in life, um, I would recommend to you that at the end of the day, you can get to wherever you want. Uh, I am sure that there are multiple examples uh, in your life and otherwise of people who have taken circumstances that are even worse than where you're coming from and achieved what you're looking to achieve. Um, and, and if anything, uh, I can say today that uh, Mayor Frank Whitfield and I believe in you. Uh, and if there's a if there's a way that uh, we can encourage you just uh, from our conversation today, then I, I hope that this uh, ultimately kind of fuels you or serves as a spark uh, for the achievement of your dream. It's technology, man. Gift and a curse. Yeah. Folks, we are we are back. Uh, I am sure that, uh, you know, just overall, um, you may have needed this time just to let some of those jewels kind of. You know, settle for you, um, you know, that, that, that we were covering. But I think that, um, you know, just overall, uh, just a, a amazing conversation. Um, you know, once again, we're with Mayor Frank Whitfield. Um, you know, so excited to, uh, continue this conversation. And, and, you know, as, as, as we continue to talk about, you know, dreams, right? Um, you know, you were unpacking some of that as we were talking about identity and like, you know, seeing yourself, um, you know, not not who you are currently, although and we talked about this a little bit in our pre. It, I, I think that it is so important to have a clear understanding of who you are and where you are today. And then ha and then go out and have a clear vision of who you want to be in the future and then begin working your way, you know, kind of systematically, you know, to get there. Well, it's um, interesting. What, yeah, kind of what you're what you're sharing is it's almost the it's the it's how they trained us. So I got my MBA at Case Western Reserve University. Shout out to Case. Um, uh, you know, that's that's the Case is the place to be. Uh, we, <laughs> I'm telling, I'm like Case, y'all making mayors. You got Mayor Valeria, <laughs> Mayor of Cleveland, both Case grads, young folks. I'm like, there we go. Know, I'm gonna have to sign us an endorsement deal or something because we out here being good spokespeople. Um, I might have to get my MBA again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Uh, um, but um, you know, one of the things they trained us on was around the ch the theory of intentional change, and mm. they trained us around um, you know kind of the psychology and the brain chemistry around change. And, and the, the reason I wanted to make sure I jumped in is because one of the things they trained us was that you want to focus initially on the ideal version that you want to be as the mm -hmm. first, um, as opposed to the real version. Um, Love and it. Yeah. Because the, when you have your mindset on the ideal where you want to go, that gives you the fuel and motivation to deal with where you're at right now. Versus sure. sometimes when you start with the real of where you are, it can mm -hmm. be so discouraging that sure. it's hard to muster up the and it, and he just showed like the brain chemistry sure. wise it was a lot more difficult to get people to imagine what they mm -hmm. could be when they were only focusing on what was and i think you know that's the beauty of when you think about a child a child yeah. is all about 
you know, thinking about what's not real. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? As a kid, your imagination is just like you're not putting limitations on your imagination. Mm-hmm. Like one day I'm going to fly or one day, I'm, yeah. you know, your imagination is just so out there. And, you know, I think that's why, you know, the Bible talks about just having that childlike faith. And some of us mm-hmm. need to get back to that place of if there were no constraints, again, mm-hmm. if you weren't in survival mode, if there were no constraints, what would you mm-hmm. be doing? Yeah. You know, who would yeah. you be if there weren't constraints? Who would you? And then, okay, let's talk about where you are now and how do we close that gap and who's here to support mm. you to close that gap? So. Well, and, and, you know, one of the ways I've, uh, someone said it to me, man, it's powerful. That is extremely powerful. Um, folks, rewind that, listen to that again, put it on repeat. That may be a real, uh, coming soon. So, I mean, just, Listen to that on repeat. Um, I had somebody tell me years ago, and we were talking about dreams and, and all of that, and, and to relate to your point and build on that, um, she revealed to me, she said, hey, you know, you've been pushing and fighting to, to, to achieve different things in your life so much um, that you don't truly understand that when you embrace the, the, like the magnitude of your dream and who you're really supposed to be, mm-hmm. that vision is strong enough to pull you. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I you was know, like, you, wow. You be, it's funny. When you were speaking, it made me think about Kobe. So we were talking about Mamba mentality and Kobe. And I don't know if you ever saw the clip. I think it was Kobe Bryant's first All-Star game and Michael Jordan and everybody in the locker room and they're mm. talking about Kobe. They're like the young guy. And they yep. said he just forces the game. They're like, he doesn't let the game come to him. He forces it. And if you yeah. look at the early Kobe, you know, him shooting an air ball three, he was really forcing the game. But if you think about the greats, and I think later on in his career, he embraced, he more came to an embracing of the game. You know, MJ, the fadeaway is the classic. That to me is the, quintessential letting the game come to you. I'm going to stand here, put my back to you, get a feel for what you're going to give me. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to force the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think LeBron is another one where people get mad at him because, you know, he'll pass to the open man and he doesn't force the shot, but he's learned mm-hmm. to like embrace the game, embrace what's there. And mm-hmm. and when I heard you speaking, that's kind of what I heard you speaking to is like this idea, of, you know, you can get real frustrated trying to force force the game and force things to go your way versus yeah. really kind of embracing, you know, the, the the rules of engagement, the rules of the game, the laws of nature, the who you mm-hmm. are and figure yeah. out all right, how do I position myself to win? Um, yeah. But that's kind of what I was hearing. When yeah. you were saying. Well, and, and yeah, man. And, and, you know, I think that's a, a that's a really solid point. I've never thought about that analogy, um, you know, at all. But when you think about, you know, professional athletes, those who are willing to embrace, you know, really and truly who they are, I think that uh, those are the folks with staying power, right? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you, you understand, like, who you are, you know, where you can best kind of, you know, fit, roles that you can play and, and all of those things. And I think you can see that across all sports, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's the folks who, you know, think that they're still the best player because they were the best in middle school. <laughs> Um, that, that have those quick exits, right? No doubt. Um, 
you know, especially when you're talking about professional sports. So, you know, and we're kind of winding down, you know, really appreciate your time, um, you know, today. But one of the things that you just mentioned in, in, in you know, this the second, you know, kind of part uh, or, or core piece of the Only Dream Big podcast is driving change through people. And, and you've referenced a couple of times, you know, not only, you know, having clarity yourself of the person who, you know, you want to be. Right. And who you're looking to become, but also surrounding yourself. You know, you've referenced, uh, you know, mentors and, uh, you know, other relationships and stuff like that. And so can you speak for a little bit just about, you know, maybe maybe some of the process that you've gone through at different times of your life, um, you know, as you've thought about, you know, different things that you're looking to achieve and maybe how you've maybe it's two pronged at least, which is. You know, how have you surrounded yourself or put yourself in the uh, in an environment where you're surrounded by people who maybe have achieved what you're looking to achieve? Um, and then also as a leader, you know, how have you gone about, uh, you know, kind of evaluating, um, you know, people from a talent perspective who can, you know, really serve with you on your teams to help achieve a common vision? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so I'll start with, um, the first piece, which was around like how I got connected with like the mentorship and, and the sort of positive people that I needed to put myself around. As I mentioned before, the, you know, the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was bad people. We just, it was a lot of bad options. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it was difficult to find those sort of mentors in my own neighborhood to look up to. And, um, you know, I was just fortunate. God put them on my path in various ways. You know, when I signed up for an employment program, um, when I was looking to get back into the workforce when I was 18 and um, and the gentleman who managed the program, uh, Tim Williams, uh, who's now on my staff here. He was uh, he mentored right. me. Shout out to Tim. Shout out yeah, to Tim. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he mentored me and kind of helped again, kind of helped me see my strengths. Another was a, my mom's uh, childhood friend. I knew that he was a big entrepreneur doing a lot of great work in Cincinnati, Jim Vickers. And um, so when my mom saw that I was trying to do something better and different, she called him up and said, hey, I'd like you to spend some time with my son. And so I went down to Cincinnati and kind of again got my eyes opened up to what was possible there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I re-enrolled at the community college, there was a professor who used to work in my community at, at a neighborhood center who was teaching at the college and uh, he was the one that invited me to New Orleans. He was the one when I came up to him, I said, hey, you know, I gave my life to Christ and looking to serve God. He said, well, here's a here's a, a, a faith based trip. We're going to New Orleans. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yo, I'll, yeah, I'll come. And um, so, you know, it was kind of divine intervention, how I got connected with a lot of those folks. But then, you know, I think over the years, I just because um, I think you got to be careful as a young professional. You don't want to, I don't want, so I'll say this with the preface of don't allow this this fear to stop you from reaching out, but you don't want to come across as like, because there's some people just thirsty. They just trying to latch on to any success they see. As soon as they see somebody successful, they're like, hey, can you mentor me? Like not even in the field that you're trying to be in, not they just see kind of, hey, I see you in the paper. I see this. So can, 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 and try to latch on. So, you know, I don't want to encourage anybody to become that. I think you want to be really intentional about you know, the folks that you see, even from a small level of just like, 
you know, there's certain people in my life where I saw they were great fathers. You know, I'm the father of four um, mm. you know, great husbands. You know, I've been married to my wife now celebrating 11 years. So when I saw, mm. you know, folks doing those sort of things, I'm like, hey, I want to learn from you all. Uh, because I didn't grow up in a household where my mother and, and father were, were married. I, didn't, I don't know what a two-parent mm-hmm. household feels like. So I need to I need a model. So, yeah. you know, I want to learn from you and kind of connected myself to those folks to learn from them. So I would mm-hmm. say just be really intentional about, you know, the type of folks that you want to connect with and mm-hmm. reach out to them. And um, I've been fortunate that none of those mentors ever asked me of anything it's not like that like yeah i'll do this if you do this mm-hmm. you know that, there was mm-hmm. never this kind of ultimatum given and i would say that's kind of a red flag too and if they start giving ultimatums man, and, man. Yeah. you know yeah. yeah i'll mentor you but if you're successful da, 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 you know you know mm-hmm. you know that, that you or just i'll mentor there. you if you pay me you know yeah kind of thing. That, yeah yeah might, might be a there's coaches out there, like if if it's coaching, coaching and mentoring to are me. Two different things. Just, yeah, no I, doubt. I, I think that those are different. Like I, no I don't doubt. mind paying for coaching. Like yes. I'm paying you for your expertise to take me in a certain way. If we're talking about mentoring, though, then I I I, I would say that that's a little different. One one thing, just to interject and and, and please continue because I think this is a great step. Um, it, one of the points, just from from what you shared with us today, Frank, it, it, which is very uh, I, I think interesting as well and compelling is there's no timeline, relatively speaking, right? And so, you know, you don't have to go about things in a specific way in order to achieve those dreams, right? You spoke about providence, you talk about divine intervention, you know, et cetera. But I think it, I think progress over perfection, uh, because also in in some of the communities like that we grew up in. Um, you know, and frankly, just just period. A lot of people think very linearly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if they don't do things in a specific order, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to achieve that because I didn't go in the order that this other person mm-hmm. that I or these other people think I should go in. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. And so I don't not know the, if you can yeah. I don't know if you can unpack that a little bit for yeah, folks, I think, but I think, I think that that's powerful. Your podcast, you know, it being called Only Dream Big, I think um, kind of speaks to this idea of um, dreams come. I think they're very individualistic and 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 you can't have somebody else's dream. You can't live somebody else's dream. It's your dream. So you almost have to, by default, scrap this idea of modeling after someone else because you can't live someone else's dream. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to figure out what, what, what is your individual calling and what your individual makeup is. And that's what you, you have to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would, I would be, you know, I'd have to mention that. Now the, the, the other piece I want to talk about uh, is this whole idea of mentor versus coach. I don't want to gloss over that. Cause I think no, that, please. That it's an important <laughs> piece, you know? so, so, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it first, then I'll share mine. <laughs> uh, I'll be brief because the, the people are here to, to, to hear your perspective. Um, you know, I, I believe that uh, everyone needs a coach. Um, you know, it, it, some of the greatest athletes, which, you know, we both love sports, have, have not won any, you know, championships or anything else without a great coach, right? Um, so I think that a, a coach is someone – 
not even necessarily that has achieved what you're looking to achieve, but can help you on some of the things that you talked about, which is getting to know yourself deeply uh, and also helping you, frankly, kind of bridge some gaps that you may have to the achievement of your dream. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that they're there to kind of help you improve. Um, whereas I view mentors like and mentors that I have in my life are people who have achieved some of the things I'm looking to achieve. Right. And so whether, you know, I have mentors who have, you know, are phenomenal fathers and, and kind of have that. Uh, it's going to be tough to say this word, but like uh, this balance or and frankly, let, let's scrap balance, have the ability to prioritize their family and simultaneously have have built the careers that they want to build as yeah. an example. Right. I have other mentors who, um, you know, have just uh, achieved things that I aspire to achieve, um, you know, at certain levels. Um, and then I, and then I've been blessed with other ones who, um, you know, it, that that maybe are, are mentors, but kind of like accountability partners almost that maybe are, you know, from a physical health perspective or like achieving things, uh, you know, physically uh, from a discipline perspective, workout perspective, body perspective that I want to achieve. So I've kind of segmented and, and I think you kind of hinted at this before where I have mentors who are people, once again, I, I'd separate mentor and coach as people who have achieved something I want to achieve and are willing to kind of pour into me. And those are mentors. And then there are other people that I've been willing to pay as a coach because there are certain skill sets or things that I want to learn or I want to achieve. And I believe that they specialize in helping, um, you know, assess my gaps and very quickly come up with solutions for how to fill those. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's powerful. Um, so I agree uh, with 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 how you describe it. You know, what what, what comes to mind is there's this, uh, you know, TD Jakes. I love listening to TD Jakes. He's got this this viral video on on YouTube where he talks about there's three types of friends. You got your comrade, you got your constituent, and you got your confidant. And the mm. comrade is the the person that. Uh, you're against the same thing. So, you know, we're both against this issue. So they'll come to battle with you, fight that battle. But once that battle's fought, at any point, you two could be at odds because you could be against each other. But, you know, mm. going together. The other is constituents, folks that are for what you're for. So the folks that, you know, I believe in what you believe in, Frank, and I'm, I'm here with you as long as you're for this, I'm with you. Mm. But at the moment you're, you know, not going in the same direction, a relationship is kind of and then sure. the last is the confidant, which is the person who's there for you and mm. is interested in you. And to mm. me, that's the big distinguishment between a coach and a mentor. The mentor mm. is there for you. They, they could care less how successful you are in your career or, or, you know, if you fail or pass, they're here for you. And mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, it's rare to find good mentors, folks who are going to be there for you no matter how high or low you might be versus mm-hmm. a coach you can hire at any time. They don't, as long as you got the feed, they'll be there for you. Uh, <laughs> so, so, um, so, you know, for the listening audience out there, just really, if you got folks like that in your life to really value those folks, those mentors, folks, and, and identify those folks who are there for you. 
because yeah. uh, when you get them, and that's what I found when I found those type of people who are there for me, I held on to them. I didn't let mm. them go. You know, yeah. I think about uh, Sherman Jones. You know, when I got into some trouble when I was 18, he was the one that showed up for me to advocate, and he mm-hmm. had no reason to to do that. He was just a gentleman from the community who watched me grow up, and so mm-hmm. after he showed up for me like that, I latched on to him. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, you you're somebody who cares about me for me, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we have you know had that relationship since then. So, you mm-hmm. know, I wanted to share that. But going back to 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 where we were, that's gonna powerful, leave, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Where we're going to leave off was around, you know, identifying talent and hiring talent and and supporting talent. And, you know, I think one of the things I've learned over the years is, you know, use these assessments, these personality assessments, these strength assessments to really uh, identify who you're bringing in and know what you need. So I think. Mm -hmm. And in my situations, I've known, all right, this is the specific skill set we need, the type of disposition we need on this team. You know, we're heavy in this area. We need more talent that has this sort of background. And so when we're doing the hiring, we go through those assessments. We see, hey, this person is more people oriented. Um, they're more outgoing. They also have the strength of of um, of woo. And we need right now. We we got the we got the goods we got the details but we have no one helping to sell and woo uh, this vision to pass. Mm. Um, I think that's something we've tried to really lean into is utilizing these these tools. And mm. then ultimately, I would say it, it kind of contrary to what I just said uh, is that it has to be people you trust. And sometimes I put mm. trust over talent. I used to put talent over trust. You mm. know, I, used to, I used to for sure put talent over trust. You know. You know, early in my career, it was all about talent. You had talent. You were, you were out here. You were the New York Yankees of public service. Yeah, yeah. If you got talent, <laughs> you come. but then, then you learn. Then you learn that um, trust is something that's so much more valuable. You mm-hmm. know, um, and, and so um, I definitely have learned that to put to put trust over talent. Wow, wow, man, that's. Uh... That's powerful, man. Putting trust before talent. I mean, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because we've been talking about relationships, right? And so, I mean, very intrigued about how you go about building trust, or at least identifying whether or not a person is trustworthy. Mm-hmm, that's it. That's it, right there. That's how, it. Can how, you do you, how do you go about that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you know some of it's the traditional ways, character references. You know, um, you know, the interview process, you kind of get a feel for folks. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, one of the books I've been uh, uh, digging into has really talked about trusting your gut, you know, and Mm -hmm. like there's certain things that your head knows and there's certain Mm -hmm. things that your intuition will pick up. And you have Mm -hmm. to you have to learn to hear that voice and know when your instincts are saying, don't trust this person, Mm -hmm. you know, and. And ignoring that is dangerous. And I mm. felt the consequences of ignoring that gut feeling that said, hey, this person isn't trustworthy because your eyes see, man, they're so talented, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, they're able to do this. They can present this well. This yep. has to be the person. And ignoring yep. that gut feeling that says, no, don't pass, you know. Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so getting in tune with that voice and being able to tap into your intuition and know, okay, 
this felt right. And that's the challenge with sometimes with these virtual pieces is that you can sometimes miss that because you're not in the same proximity. But okay. I think if you, if you, if you spend enough time in a setting like this where you're having just casual conversation and you can, you can see the person, you can get a feel from them because there's a way to do this right. I think the way we're doing this now, you can get mm-hmm. a feel from me right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming authentic. This is, sure. this isn't prescribed. You know, I'm not reading from a teleprompter. Yep. So there's a bit that you can read from me. Um, and so I think it's possible through virtual, but I think it's easier when you're in person. You can quickly kind of get that feeling that, yeah. you know, somebody's selling you some snake oil. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It, it, and, you know, it, it, um, one of the things that I think is, is really interesting about that, man, and, and um, I can say this just from the time I've known you, uh, and probably even from my own life and, and some other people that I've heard, you know, express this, but I just circling back, um, you know, and hopefully kind of tying a bow, at least on our initial combo, you know, this time, because it's just, it, it, there's been a lot for people to, you know, dwell on. I think that there's power in, in trusting your gut and it, it almost grows as your knowledge of self and clarity on who you are and where you're looking to go, uh, as, as the clearer that is, the mm. easier it is to trust your gut. Mm. If, if, if you're not clear on who you are and where you're going, then arguably everybody, like you could convince yourself that anyone can add value to your journey. That's real. That's real. Right? That's the nugget right there, man. The <laughs> Ain't no adding to that, man. Ain't no add to that. That is man, it. The more you, know, you become self-aware, yes, yes, that's it. That's it. I'm not yeah. adding to that. Yeah. Well, hey, look, Mayor Frank Whitfield from Elyria, Ohio, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. Appreciate your nuggets. Appreciate your authenticity. Um, you know, being willing to be transparent about your journey uh, and and how you, you know, dreamed big over the years and achieved some of those things. You know, we're going to be watching, uh, continuing to follow you, et cetera. You know, where can folks, you know, find you, um, you know, online, you know, writing, social media, et cetera. Where, where can we follow your journey and, and, you know, what's going on in Illyria? Yeah, thank you, Donnie. And again, thank you for this time to chat with you. I, again, I hope this ain't the last. And um I just say again, want to encourage your your audience, your listening audience, to continue to dream big and you know only dream big, and um, and uh, yeah, you can find me online. I'm uh, on Instagram at CEO Whitfield. I'm on uh, Facebook at Mayor Illyria. Um, oh no, Illyria Mayor on Facebook, mm-hmm. and um, I'm getting my TikTok. I got a Mayor Whitfield TikTok, so I'm on there. Ooh, I love TikTok. TikTok. Go see yeah, you out here. here. Uh, dancing and clearly uh, no, i don't know I got, what the I got moves are videos but. of me uh ice skating on there falling or, or ice skating <laughs> cool stuff on there um, nice. but i got a website frankwhitfield.com as well you can go there and, and learn a little bit more about me and, we'll try uh, to add all of those in the show notes um you know at least on youtube and and some other stuff and of course we'll tag you on all social as as the recording comes out you know once again frank thank you thank you thank you you know, everybody, this has been the Only Dream Big podcast. We'll see you next week. Peace.